morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. Wasn't that a great Father's Day video? I just want to say to dads, happy Father's Day. I wrote that last phrase down on a piece of paper after I watched the video the first time. Legacy. A life's lengthened shadow. Life's lengthened shadow. How long is your shadow? I think that's a great phrase. I'm going to put it up here. Legacy. A life's lengthened shadow. How long is your shadow? The phrase doesn't necessarily define the word legacy. Rather, it vividly describes what a legacy looks like with the word shadow. A shadow of all things, describing legacy. But it works, doesn't it? Dad, how long is your shadow? I like that. We're going to talk today about how we can lengthen our own shadows as fathers by growing and going deep in Jesus. I have a big tree. I'll get to that a little bit later. In my front yard, when we moved to the house that we live in a year and a half ago, I didn't initially like this tree in in my neighborhood. I hadn't like it at all. I focused on it kind of at the wrong time of year. When it didn't have any leaves, it, it just it looked ugly. And it was on the chopping block. I mean, one of the first things I said is, I got to get rid of this tree. And I even contacted a friend of mine. And I said, what do we do? How do we get this tree down? Can you help me? Is Troy Morrell here? He's the guy. I I talked to Troy. And he came over. He looked at this tree. I'm going to show this tree to you a little bit later. But at first, I didn't like it at all. It had, it had two trunks, all right? One where it's fully grown, and I don't know how old this tree is. It's really old. It's got to be over 100 years old. And then the second trunk. But the city had to chop that thing down. And that, this was a while back. I talked to my neighbor across the street, and he said, yeah, when that thing came down and it hit the pavement, I mean, it shook my house. That's how big this tree was. And, but they chopped it off at... at at about 10, 15 feet up, all right, on one side. So one side is this huge tree. The other side is this, it's, it's not even like a regular stump. When I think of a stump, I think of a stump kind of down. It's way up in the air, and it's rotted, all right? I saw a raccoon come crawling out of it. <laughs> I was drinking my coffee. Deanna's not up yet. Sun's coming up, and I couldn't believe it. There was, there was a raccoon, and that's another story, but that's how much I didn't like this tree. So I said, Troy, let's, let's cut it down. He goes, wow, this is going to be quite the tree to cut down. So he started to make his contacts, all right? I think he had them all set up, but then I had a change of heart. I had this, it kind of, I just went, oh, man, the neighbors aren't going to like me. I think they've been around so long. First thing I do is cut down the neighborhood tree. And then I still was kind of in my mind decided, deciding that I was going to cut it down, but then this happened. One of these things happened. A number of things happened, but this was kind of the clincher for me. There's my mom and, De- and Andra, all right? This, 
That tree isn't the tree I'm talking about, all right? There's a little shadow on that tree. This other tree, you can, you can barely see the shadow. And the Sherburne County Fair comes right through our street, on my street, Orno Street, in July, fire trucks. I mean, it's, I never used to go to the fair. Now I go to the fair every year. It's in my front yard. We invite some friends over, family. We have coffee and donuts. And there my mom is on a hot day. Last year, this is last year, she's sitting in the shade of that tree. There's Andra. They saved the day. Here's the tree. Now it looks pretty nice, doesn't it? From that angle, all you, it looks nice. There's the trunk. It's covered up with another tree that's growing in the inside. You should see how ugly it is in the fall. <laughs> looks nice now. There it is. It's a big tree. Nick Anderson, he's biking, all right? He told me, don't cut it down. Remember that, Nick? He said, I like looking at that tree when I'm biking on my way home or wherever he's going. There, there's the tree. It's a big tree. I had a change of heart. Nick likes it. I was thinking, well, if I could get Nick and my mom together, hold hands, and then hug that tree, <laughs> then I'd never cut it down. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of tree it is. It's growing on me. It might not look like a stately oak tree, but it provides shade for the parade, and the grass grows great in the shade it provides. Dads, you can be like that tree. You can be like that tree. You might even look like that tree, or one similar to it. Maybe a smaller version right now. Tom, he's a smaller vi version of that tree, but he's going to be probably a stately oak, that guy. He's, he's centered in Christ. He's going to be a good dad, is a good dad. You don't have to look very pretty, though. You just, have, you just have to have strong roots. And it's never too late, dads, to put your spiritual roots down deep and grow. Listen, the deeper you grow in Christ, the larger the shadow you will provide for your family. All right? Listen to that again. You got you to hang on to this. The deeper you grow in Christ, the larger the shadow you will provide for your family, your sons and daughters, and others who need help. They need someone to help father them. That's what the church is about. Apostle Paul was a pretty big tree. He provided a lot of shade. There are no biblical accounts that he had any children, but nevertheless, he was a father figure to many. I had some spiritual dads growing up. I had a lot of them. I'm going to share a little bit about them a little bit later in my, my message. But the Apostle Paul was a spiritual father to many in the church. He wrote these words. 1 Corinthians 4.14 I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as what? My dear children, talking to the church in Corinth. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. 
For in Christ Jesus I became your father. How? Through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I've sent to you Timothy, my son, not a biological son. Timothy wasn't his biological son, but he was his son in the spirit. I sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I have, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with everything that I teach in every church. Paul had a special relationship with Timothy. He called him his son in, in many places in Scripture. We just read about one place in 1 Corinthians 4. But in 1 Timothy 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my what? My true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. In 2 Timothy, he writes the same kinds of words. And he says, to Timothy, my dear son. Paul loved Timothy like a spiritual father that Timothy didn't have. The record shows in, 1 Corinthians, or in Acts 16, verses 1 through 5, you can read about that. I don't have time to look at that. But the biblical record shows that Timothy's mom was a Christian and his grandmother was a Christian. Eudea and Eunice, and some kind of crazy names, but they're right there in the scriptures. But it says that doesn't imply in any way that Timothy's dad was a Christian. In Acts 16, it says his mom, she was a a follower after Christ. And then all they do is say about Timothy's dad, he was a Greek. That's it. He probably wasn't a Christian. As a boy, I needed a, a spiritual father in my life. I didn't have one. I was a lot like Timothy. Timothy's mom was saved and was a very strong believer. My mom was saved and was a very strong believer. You know that. If you had been here any length of time and you've met my mom, you know that she was a strong believer, a lover of Jesus. Sat right in the second row there. And she won't be with me watching that fair under the shade, but she'll be there in spirit and heart. Timothy had a call on his life to be a pastor. But Timothy, by personality, was exactly the opposite of Paul. He was a little on the shy and timid side. He needed Paul's encouragement. It was the kind of encouragement that did three things. Encouragement that celebrated, challenged, and cleared a path for Timothy. He needed a father's encouragement. He got it from a dad. Not necessarily his physical or biological dad. But it doesn't always work that way, does it? Some of us don't have that kind of dad. Didn't have that kind of dad. Maybe you're here today and and you would look back and say, I didn't have a dad like, like the Apostle Paul. 
Maybe he had a dad like my dad. Somewhat of an absent father. Someone came along in my life and helped father me. I had, I had a lot of dads. I grew up in the church, Aberdeen Alliance. And when we say family here at Gateway Church, one of the things that that means is that we want to be a family where we have many spiritual fathers here at Gateway Church. And maybe the call of God upon your life or the message that the Holy Spirit would be speaking to some of you today is that the Lord's calling you to help us father some kids here that need a spiritual mentor, a spiritual dad, so to speak, who would come alongside these kids, help them out, pray for them, encourage them. Dan Matson was a dad like that for me. Pastor Jensen, Ken Roy Jansen, to name a few guys, that really made an impact on my life. Dan Madsen was my Sunday school t- teacher. I mean, this guy took an interest in me. And he saw me in that class. He knew my upbringing. He knew, he knew what was going on in my, my family. And his heart went out to me. And he, he, he took me under his wing. I broke a lot of things in my life. He was there to help fix some stuff that I broke. My best friend and I bought a number of things together. We would pool our resources together and buy stuff. We couldn't buy stuff on our own. We didn't have enough money. You're not going to believe what I bought in 1980, I think it was, 1981. My my nephew knows what I bought because he... He kind of broke it and beat up on it a couple of times himself. He's, he's shaking his head over there. I brought a couple of my toys with me to Big Lake in a trailer, busted them up, and guess who fixed them when I came home? Dan Matson. He had the cleanest garage on the planet. I mean, I would go into that garage, and you could eat. It was cleaner than most ladies' kitchens, Sorry. I mean, this, it was impeccable. And I bought, Kevin and I bought a 1977 Yamaha 440 Exciter. And it had way too much power for a guy like me. I mean, now it's like that would be like considered, you know, like nothing. But back in the day, that was like fast. And I would break it, and I would smash it up. And guess what? I'd bring it into Dan Matson's garage, and there, I mean, he would just, he would work a miracle. But as he was working on that, he would ask me questions, and he would talk to me. And he built a relationship with me that, that continues to this very day. He was there at my mom's funeral. He and Marilyn. I mean, he's just a dear, dear dad. I could go on and on and on, Ken Roy Jansen and others. You know, I needed encouragement as a young boy, as a teenager. 
So how do we encourage one another? Dads, how do you do it? First of all, you celebrate. You celebrate your kids. You celebrate others in the church that the Lord's laid on your heart to help mentor. That's what Paul did for Timothy. Did you pick up on that in 1 Corinthians 4? He said, for this reason, I send to you Timothy, verse 17, chapter 4, my son in whom I love. This, this, this young man, I love this kid. He's my son. There's no one like him. I discipled him. You can count on Timothy. I'm going to send him to you. He's faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life because I taught him everything I know in Christ Jesus, which, is, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church, church. The ministry of encouragement takes a variety of forms, doesn't it? One of the best ways to practice it is by celebrating your kids. My dad rarely did that. I had others who did that in my life. Go home today and celebrate your kid, Dad. I mean, if you can't find, I mean, you just, you got, you can find some great things about your kids that God wants you to say and speak over them today. I'm challenged by that. I don't do that enough. Some kids bring home five A's and one B. And all dad wants to talk about is what happened with the B. What happened? It's like, hey, four A's, come on. Now, I don't know if I brought a home, home an A ever. But old Danny Manson, he, he didn't always ask about that, but he was there for me. Keep trying. Somehow dad had gotten the message that you could strengthen your kids best by critiquing them. There's a place for setting a, bar, a high bar, right? But it always needs to be accompanied by reminding our kids what a great pull they've been given to vault over that bar. Let me help them. Dads, what, what can we celebrate in our kids today? Secondly, fathers encouraged by challenging there are times, of course, when the ministry of encouragement doesn't make a person feel great in the short term, but helps develop the strength that allows them to become great in the longer term. We know that sometimes we encourage a kid best by not coddling, but by challenging him or her. Paul did that. I mean, he celebrated Timothy, but there were times when the apostle Paul would say to Timothy, and he, was, he had a different personality, but he would say to Timothy, he handed the reins of a church over to Timothy, and he would say to him, don't be intimidated, young man. Now, I don't know exactly how old Timothy was when he pastored this church, but he said, Timothy, there's going to be people in that church who try to intimidate you. Don't let that happen. I mean, you can read about that in in 2 Timothy, I'm not kidding you. That's the kind of stuff that Paul said to Timothy. Don't be intimidated. Preach the word. In season, when things are going well, preach the word out of season. When you're having a hard time preaching, Timothy, and it's going to happen. 
There's going to be some of those sermons when you look out, Timothy, you're going to get this glazed look, and you're going to think, oh, man, keep preaching the word. Just take them to the word. Correct and rebuke if need be. That's in 2 Timothy 4.2. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example. How? In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Publicly read the scriptures. Preach and teach it. 1 Timothy 4.12. And so he challenged him. Thirdly, he cleared away. He cleared away. That's what dads do. They try the best they can to clear away for their kid. Make a path. It's what the settlers did. It's what the pioneers did when they went out west. And a lot of those interstate highways are laid on the very paths that they took. I think the best way, though, to clear away for your kids. I'm going to close with this. I thought a lot about this this week. Because as a father, I have to say, I don't know exactly how well I've done in this area. Except for the fact that Paul said to Timothy, Follow me. Follow me. I mean, and he, he was almost, I don't know if he was, he wasn't egotistical, but he believed that if Timothy would follow him, he would end up on the heels of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? I don't, it's like I want to be able to say that to my kids and to the church I pastor, if you follow me, you'll end up following Jesus. And that's the greatest way that you can clear a path for anyone. Timothy said that. We read it in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. That's what Paul said. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, Timothy. He said that about Timothy. He's watched, he's followed me. 1 Corinthians 11.1. Here's what Paul said. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Philippians 3.17. Join together in, quote, following my example Brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, 1 Thessalonians 1.6. I mean, this is about the fifth time he says it. You became imitators of us. So how do I leave a long shadow, a legacy, a life's lengthened shadow? How do I do that? You know what I was reminded of? It was pretty amazing. I was just praying and saying, how do I do that, God? And I was reminded of Jeff Evanson's message that he preached here, I think back in April, before he and Laura went to the Ukraine 
And they're mis- doing missionary work. And he had a burning message on his heart to preach. And I'll never forget it. I mean, I was sitting there going, this is one of the best sermons. You know, I'm, wow, this is a great message. He talked about the ten virgins, five that were wise and five that were unwise. And they, he used the, the lamp as an illustration. And that's what they had, just almost like this. And I'm not kidding you. After that message, I said, I got to find me one of those lamps. And I, I called up Jeff. I said, get me one of those lamps, please. Before you go to Russia, I need one. He gave me the website. Here you, here's how you find them. And if I could give each father one of these, I would today. I can't. But I have it in a place where I see it often. And it reminds me that I got I to gotta get oil. I got to find oil. I got to do whatever I can because I want to be one of the five wise virgins who when the bridegroom came and he was announced, they what? They were ready. They had the wick. They had the oil. It was full. Their lamps were burning brightly. That's what they would do. They would carry these around. And I got one. And what it reminds me of is to spend that time with Jesus. Jeff talked about intimacy with the Lord. To find a place where you hear his voice, where you daily spend time with him being refilled with oil, reading the word, right? Dialoguing with Jesus about it, listening to him. Coming to know him more. Do you have oil, dads? How much oil do you have in your lamp? Because that's the greatest way that you can clear a path for anyone to follow you. I want, I want every dad to be able to say what Paul said. Follow me. Because I follow the example of Christ. Dad, I want you to be able to say that. I'm not saying that you're perfect. I'm not saying that you'll never make mistakes. That's the way that the roots go down deep. It's the way that the branches go out in a shadow, a long shadow. You might be saying, uh, I mean, I barely could cover, you know, Pastor Paul's bald head with, with what I got to provide for any kind of covering. Well, you just got to go deeper in Jesus. Got to get that oil. And you can be a father that the Apostle Paul was like to Timothy. The deeper you go and grow in Christ, the larger the shadow you will provide. Legacy. A life's lengthened shadow. How long is your shadow? I'm going to ask the, the men if they'll just come to the front, and here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to pray for you guys, and then I'm going to have you be dismissed because you're all waiting for those steak bites, right? I mean, it's like, come on, preacher, let's go. And so, uh, guys, we have, we have uh, just a wonderful um, time, steak bites. I mean, any way you want your steak, all kinds of sauces. It's going to be a great time together.
So if you're a guy, I'm going to ask you to come forward, all right? Just kind of come to the front. And uh, I'm going to ask Deanna. She doesn't know this is coming. I'm going to ask her to come to the front, if she will. And I'm going to have Deanna pray a blessing over the dads today. Amen. Wow, this is fabulous. All right. I love what Paul was speaking about. There are fathers out there that are spiritual fathers too. And, um, and when Paul talks about the men who poured into Paul, um, it's, they poured into me, they poured into my children, and it just goes on and on. It's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of these men. Yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in their hearts. And as they continue to bow their hearts to you, God, what you will continue to do, we ask, God, that you would encourage them, build them up, yes, Lord, Lord Jesus. We speak a peace. We speak peace, your peace, your blessing over them in, the, in Jesus' name. I pray that they would be encouraged today as they leave this place, God. May this be another day of a deeper revelation of how deeply you love them. Yes, Lord. And that you created them for such a time as this and that you have a plan. Lord, speak to their hearts. You do have a plan. I don't know who that would minister to, but you do have a plan, God, for them. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right. Here, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to have Dave Melvig and uh, Chuck Bartish. I'm going to have you guys lead the way, all right? And you, you show these guys where, where the steak bites are. And Doug, you get up there as well. We'll let them be dismissed. And then, uh, gals, I think there's coffee for you, all right? And uh, something else out there. Praise the Lord. Have a great Father's Day. God bless you all.